welcome to Enlivening Musings episode five. I'm Crystal. And I'm Katie. And we are so excited for part two of the postpartum period. We're in the month of May. We're focusing on mothering and postpartum is such a big one. I mean, we're on episode two or two of that, (laughs) but who knows? It could be three, four, five, one million because there's so much to talk about. And yet that's something that nobody's talking about. Well, people are, people are starting to talk about it. Um, But preparing for the postpartum period is something that often still, even though people are talking about it a little bit gets neglected. You are sitting here spending all this money doing all of this stuff to prepare for just a baby coming. So all the baby things and you're investing in your birth, whatever that's going to look like and just going full on (laughs) preparing for birthing day. And then you give birth and then postpartum comes and it's like, oh, Yeah. Here I am. I wasn't prepared for this at all. And I'm just going to jump into the fact that, you know, we were talking before this just for a minute and saying how when you're a young mom, there's so many things you don't know. Like even in birth, we'll caveat from there to here or here to there. (laughs) Um, you know, you're going to give birth to a placenta and that's going to be after you birth your baby. And, you know, how much is that talked about? And then the after pains, how much are the after pains talked about? Mm -hmm. And then that leads right into this immediate postpartum and thereafter postpartum. Right. And what can you expect? All you all you have is people sitting there saying, you better sleep now. I know. <laughs> Just like the worst. <laughs> and yet it's but true. But it's true when we all do it. I mean, I think one thing that I try to tell moms, um, whether I'm seeing them before they have the baby, I, I usually end up seeing a lot of moms postpartum. And, and honestly, they could be 10, 20 years postpartum. They're still a postpartum mom. Is... It's such like a rite of passage, and it's such an initiation. It's like a death process. Absolutely. Because I don't know many women that won't admit that at one point during the labor delivery process, they didn't feel like they were going to die. And I don't mean this to scare people because that's not the case, but it is so intense, and it's, it's an initiation, and you are born into motherhood. Yep. And that in itself just deserves so much um, like support and acknowledgement, I think, for women to know that. You're not just like going to give birth. Like you're going to go through an experience, whether it's medicated or not or cesarean, it doesn't matter. You're going to come out on the other side and you won't really know who you are. Yeah. (laughs) And you're never going to be the same. It's a beautiful thing, but it's a thing. (laughs) Yes. I have goosebumps all over my body, and that's so true because even when it's like an ecstatic birth, it may not feel the same as feeling like they're going to die, but it is that feeling of 
breaking, like phoenix rising. Yes, yes. You know, or breaking the cocoon shell. and It's like an out-of-body experience for a lot of people. It's huge. It's unreal. I love the way you describe that so much. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's so true. And exactly the initiation and being born into motherhood. <sighs> yeah. And I think if more women just know that, and you don't have to understand it because we don't. We go through initiations all the time in life. We go through death processes all the time. And sometimes they're great and sometimes they're really hard, but um, it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do about it. You're just going to go through it and you're going to come out the other side. And Right. Yeah. Just try not to resist. Yeah. Because <laughs> resistance is where it makes it feel even worse if right. it does feel yucky. And that's yucky. like part of what can happen when labor stalls and mm-hmm. things too. I know we're talking about postpartum, but we can't help but come, talk into that right. delivery process. And it kind of comes back with the things you want postpartum is that feeling of feeling safe mm-hmm. and in control. And there's there are going to be times during like pregnancy, labor, delivery, and postpartum where you're not going to feel in control. And that's just the way it is. And that's where having like a support person or someone to talk to can be super helpful for you to like see those moments and like help you integrate them into your body, which you really helped me with a lot in my postpartum time. You were there, right? (laughs) On that first day when I was like falling apart and I'll never forget, and I use it all the time now with other people, is like allowing the emotions just to like flow through me. Mm-hmm. And you just like, <laughs> it's like the sweetest memory I have of Crystal <laughs> coming in and just like, I was sitting in the recliner holding my like three-day-old baby and she came in with her food and just looked all of what you'd expect in a postpartum doula. <laughs> awesome. And um, she just like came and sat at my feet in the room and like held my feet as I cried. And you were just like there. It was it was so great. I'm so honored. I'm so honored. It was so beautiful. Like, you just it like was and I beautiful. and I knew I didn't know you that well, but I knew you enough to know I didn't have to like try to stop crying or like right. pull myself together. I was like, no, like this is her thing. I'm yeah. gonna just be I'm gonna be this way. I'm gonna be like falling apart in front of her because this is just what needs to happen. Yes. So and I did. And it was wonderful. <laughs> yes, yes. Being raw and being vulnerable. And when you're talking about losing control, holy buckets, I just becoming pregnant was this transformation for me in realizing how much I don't control. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for the people who have the hardest time it's those who really, really, really want to cling on to control. Mm, mm-hmm. So the more somebody can surrender into the whole process and oh, allow yeah. themselves to be that raw and vulnerable, even if it's just with themselves, yeah, you know, that's huge mm-hmm. to to you know go in your go in your closet in your corner wherever it is that you feel. Like you're in your own cocoon and safe and just allow all of that to exist. Woo. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I remember one thing I'll share, one other story. is just like kind of coming back to when we were talking about intuition mm. and pregnancy. and um, in part one. Yeah, in part one of like that desire at the end of pregnancy for women to really like retract in. Mm. 
and like just knowing like for me and I know a lot of other women if like possible like you know you don't have to work up until the last day um, right before you deliver I know that's a whole nother topic and like societal pressures and time off but just honoring that especially if you work in a field or you're a giver like I just couldn't do it anymore and I I just needed it all for me and I've heard other women talk about it, and it was so affirming for me to hear that, and I just wanted to share that for women. Just know in that last month or whatever, last few weeks, it's okay to just go inside. Yeah. Go inside, whether that's inside your house, inside your mind, back away from everything, because you're... Your body knows this yeah. initiation's coming. Yeah. It knows what's going to happen, so... Yeah. yeah. I love that. (laughs) Well, and I think that that leads into this need for rest. You know, our society is so go, go, go and goal oriented and all of these like masculine energy type things Mm -hmm. that that end of pregnancy and then it leads right into postpartum is such a great time to, again, almost surrender to yeah. the feminine yes, and that just that ability to be more with the flow, which is less of the go-go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of that is going into darkness, which can be just inside your own soul, basically. Mm-hmm. And then being able to rest your body before to prepare for that initiation. And then once you pass through that... Again, people say, oh, rest now before baby comes. And there's truth to that because, yes, then when baby comes, then people are saying sleep when baby sleeps. And that is also super true. (laughs) And people struggle with it so much. Mm -hmm. One, because we are adults and we have been like programmed for sleeping in the nighttime and being awake during the day when our babies can sometimes be switched. So sometimes it can be hard to sleep during the day. Yeah. But also because we have that societal pressure to, but we've got to do the dishes and (laughs) pick up the other toys and all of this stuff. And really, none of that's going to change much in a week and two weeks and even three weeks and four weeks, you know. Um, If you can just rest when baby rests and really sleep and relax and be able to just let your nervous system mm-hmm. feel that peace and calm that comes when you're resting mm-hmm. and how much healing takes place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we talked about that in another episode, an earlier episode, about how when you're relaxed and in that peaceful state, that's when your body can heal. Yeah. And when you're in that anxiety fighter flight state, your body is just in survival mode and it's not very good at doing the like tasks of just healing and maintaining um, all organ functions and stuff when we're in that place. So yeah, that's such good advice. And it it is, it can be really hard, but you just do the best you can. Right. And that's where it's really great to like line up, support people. So maybe Mm -hmm. that is a time when you have somebody come in so that way they can be with the baby for a little bit so you can rest or you can just take a shower or (laughs) whatever that is or they can do the dishes. And 
you know, in part one, we talked about nourishing foods. Also to have like your own snack bar kind of thing is really helpful. So you can just stay in a a breastfeeding chair or your bed or wherever you're cozy and to have nourishing snacks that are Mm -hmm. there for you that are easy and just right there. You don't have to get up and make anything. You don't. Yeah, one-handed. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I remember and you brought me some kind of like sweet treats, even though they're like kind of healthy, like brownies mm-hmm. and these little Rice Krispie bars, which I made for my sister after she had her baby. And nice. It was, and that like, that's something good too. Like when we say nourishing, um, it doesn't mean you can't like have some treats and like celebrate this time, oh. you know, like have these nice little um, special treats and snacks. I love that. I was really craving sweets Well, when you brought them. <laughs> because you need them, actually. When you're postpartum, you need healthy sugars mm-hmm. to, to heal and for all of the brain development and everything that's happening. Our body actually needs more sweet when we're in that time frame. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it doesn't mean go binge on chocolate or... Um, <laughs> Well, if it's good chocolate, absolutely. Um, as long as it's not making you feel, you know, caffeine. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Sometimes sugar can um, make you feel a little more right. anxious. But more like the honeys and maple yeah. syrups mm-hmm. and things that are of that nature. Dates. Dates. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My mom brought me some dates, and they were like the best thing I'd ever had. Those are so, so good. good postpartum because they have iron in them, especially if they're quality dates. They mm. are, have a nice iron um, ratio. I don't know what the word I'm looking <laughs> for right now. Um, but there is a recipe that I've made other moms postpartum. I don't think I made that one for you. That's a date milk. Mm, and my gosh, that sounds good. It really helps totally chill out the nervous system and it's really nourishing and it's warm and it's sweet and it's awesome. Nice. Um wow. but I know when we were talking about rest earlier, you know, we we kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about rest and then also kind of jump into cycle health. So I know there were some things you wanted to talk about. Oh, Lokia is one of the things yeah. that I was thinking about and how women will do too much. Their, you know, their Lokia, yeah. their postpartum bleeding will go away and then they'll do too yeah. much and then they'll start bleeding yeah. again and they hate it when you say you need to rest yeah. and yet it's, it's so true. It's true. But mm-hmm. I'd love to can turn the turn the table to you to talk more about that. Yeah. Well, one thing I heard, um, and I just wanted to share it too because it was so profound for me to hear it, is to you know to realize like after you give birth, the placenta womb wound is in your body and it's about the size of a dinner plate. So think if you knew someone that had like a wound that big on their leg, like you would <gasps> never want them to be like up cleaning and doing stuff or like shoveling the sidewalk. Like, so I just wanted to put that out there for women to know, because I didn't know that until like in the last year or two. So I just think that alone is helpful to know. And also just to know about like Loki and like what it is, like it's not it's not really active bleeding. It's it's just all the stuff that was in the womb space coming out, right? Yeah. So like the baby came out and now all these fluids and things have to come out too. Um, but yes, if you are getting too active, um, it can come back or stay longer. Um, 
some of the things that I've learned and use with women is to use steaming postpartum to help with that. It helps with a lot of other things too, but um, it can it can help like kind of move the lochia out faster, which helps with healing. It can help with that cramping that happens afterwards. Um, and it just feels really good when we talk about bringing warmth to the womb. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so nice and cozy and feels so good in that space and helps with the healing if there's any tearing or stitches. Um, it's just amazing. So how soon can somebody do that? Well, you want to just make sure that um, you're not, you don't have any active bleeding. Like you want to make sure the uterine artery is closed basically. So you want to work with someone who knows how to check for that. Like usually your midwife, or if someone is like trained in like the realm of postpartum steaming, then you know how to know, but it's basically like, as long as you, your bleeding is getting less. Okay. And it's pretty rare from like the more I talk with people, they're like, it's pretty rare for the uterine artery to be open after like a couple of days. That would be like your hemorrhaging basically. Mm. So um, as long as the bleeding is not getting heavier each day, you could start as soon as you're cleared. Oh, my goodness. This is fascinating to me yeah. because I <clears throat> I mean, I haven't had that experience and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I know that, you know, when you're menstruating, you cannot be steaming. Right. And so it's interesting to me, though, because there are times when I've almost craved it mm-hmm. during that, during whether cycle. during my cycle, yeah. And it's like that, just the warmth component of it, yeah. as well as almost cleansing everything, because I'm already in that cleansing phase. Mm-hmm. So I, but you know, I stop myself and I'm like, no, now is not the time. Yeah. You need to wait until the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one but, thing you could do is do a foot soak. Because the uterine artery and like the feet are really closely connected. So by Mm. keeping your feet warm, it'll help your flow without being like dangerous and like increasing it, but it'll just help the flow flow. Nice. (laughs) I'm totally going to do that. That's cool to do when people um, are bleeding um, or if you're pregnant and you're craving that warmth um, or just like, like you gave me a warm foot bath postpartum. It just, it helps with circulation to the womb and the Am I correct then that steaming is contraindicated during pregnancy as well? Um, like the, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've learned from a few different teachers. Um, you know, some, it's a hard no. Um, you know, because it's such a delicate time, right? And no one would ever want to be responsible for like an early labor or a miscarriage. Right. You know, other people who are like deeply more like indigenously trained in it you know they're like we it's probably not be is what they will say because I mean sometimes women come in at like 42 weeks and you steam them and that doesn't induce labor right <laughs> so it, it's it's a really delicate topic I mean you know for someone that's just listening it's not something you want to just like mess around with no, like this would not be at all. yeah this would be something with like a trained professional and or if it's like part of your like indigenous culture to use these practices um, then by all means 
right use that but that's what I was thinking that it would be kind of along those lines yeah and even (laughs) even after like if you're trying to conceive like after ovulation we we wouldn't steam someone or if they're using IVF or something right um we just try to be careful of those windows because you know we just don't want to disrupt anything so that's where using the warm foot soaks can feel really good and nourishing too I love that Mm -hmm. and you could put your herbs in there as well yeah yeah cool experience so yeah yeah. Neat. Yeah. So what else then, you know, what are, I think you kind of touched upon some of the postpartum steaming benefits, but is there more? Is there more that maybe you haven't thought of or said yet? And, or how does that affect the cycle coming back? Oh, yeah. Or maybe we just go into how do you get your cycle back after you've had a baby, especially for people who haven't had their first kid yet? Or right, no, that's anything good. Like that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, well, a couple of the other things. There's there's a really great study out there. Um, I believe it's the website is like the fourth trimester vaginal steam study, and they did like a small case study, and it has. And I mean, they did a really nice job with it, with all the information and um, was conducted under a midwife. And some of the benefits they found were um, like actually a reduction in blood pressure, which is great because that is like a major concern for people, even postpartum is high blood pressure. Um, So to me, that was a really cool one. Um, Yeah, just healing overall comfort can help with prolapse symptoms because it's steam, right? So it's like tightening everything back up. and it's also just like so relaxing for moms, so it can help with um, breast milk production at times because you get in that like relaxed, happy state, kind of that oxytocin sort of stuff. So it can be really good for that too. Um, and one one cool, I had an interesting experience with someone um, doing postpartum steaming, and they were interested because their cycle was coming back really early after all their children were born, and they like didn't want it because. It, their cycle came back early despite still breastfeeding and all these things. And, yeah. um, and really what we're taught is it, we really don't want the cycle to return for at least nine months postpartum. Um, and there's no, there's no danger in it, um, in like delaying it. Like it's, that's healthy for your body because the way I look at it is kind of like a lot of my background in steaming was taught to me by someone who has a background in traditional Chinese medicine and, so I think of it like that blood of your menstrual cycle, like we need that nourishment during mm-hmm. the postpartum time. So if we're like bleeding, um, it's taking some vitality out of us that we still right. need. Yeah. So that's kind of my thought process behind it. But anyway, so um, working with this person and they had not gotten around to starting steaming because your postpartum life, it gets busy sometimes. <laughs> so we reconnected. Um, her cycle had returned. So I had, um, there's a few different t- herbal tea blends that I use that can help um, stop the cycle or any yeah. of that breakthrough bleeding. So she started on some of that and it worked within like a day, which was great. So as soon as then it subsided, she started steaming with um, what I consider my gentle herbal blend. And her cycle has not come back and it's been a few months now. Nice. So it's just like, that's so exciting for me because it just tells me like, it's just giving so much nourishment to moms. Um, that's what I feel when you're talking. Like, I'm like, Oh, nourishment. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so great. I mean, I used it, um, 
after my third child because I didn't know about it till then. And um, I had a C-section. And with C-sections, you want to wait about six weeks before you start. Okay. Um, because you can get some achiness on the scar. And I did have that even at six weeks. So I just did like a shorter time and lowered the heat and stuff um, and did fine because it's a daily practice. Yeah. And I try to do it every day again. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. It is. And I think that's so cool. And talking about, like, when I've talked about cycles returning, it's such a common topic, I feel, in mom forums and yes. things. Yeah. And no one understands, like, is it going to be three months? Is it going to be a year? Like, right. There's no one tells you. Well, and it <laughs> so is so you. different. You know, I know a lot of people who their cycle returns at four months, just every single baby, four months. That's when mm -hmm. it returns. Um, and for me, it was all beyond 18 months. It was 18 months, two years, two years, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I know the components of uh, like fat ratio. You know, when we have certain levels of fat ratio in our body, it can be easier to have your cycle return if you have more fat and harder if you have less fat. And so for me, <laughs> here I am burning a million calories breastfeeding and living my life and losing insane amounts of weight just because of my particular build mm -hmm. and having breastfeeding on top of it. I'm the one who's starving postpartum where like during pregnancy, I'll just eat normal. But once I'm postpartum yeah. and breastfeeding, give me all the food <laughs> all the time. So yeah. for me, I felt like that made a lot of sense mm -hmm. that I would extend it. Plus I extend breastfeeding. I baby led wean, you know? And so mm -hmm. just having that be so many months seemed very natural for me, even though after, I think it was in part one, I talked about, you know, my second was super easy. I thought maybe my cycle would come back faster. But then with her also, I was on a restricted diet because she had a million allergies oh, yeah. that were really intense and eczema that tied into all of that. And so I eliminated all of these foods. So then I was now on this restricted diet and Wow. You know, still doing all of that. So that's why I think she hit the two years. With my third, I don't remember exactly now. And of course, mm -hmm. she's the closest, but it was between 18 months and two years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you think? One thing I feel like I kind of picked up this last time is um, like nighttime nursing. Mm. To me, when yeah, I started to another... taper down nighttime nursing, is when my cycle came back. Yeah, that's but another there was, factor. It's still pretty sporadic even now because I'm still breastfeeding. He's. I think about 19 months now. Um, but I think that might be something too. And I think a lot of women are, you know, like pumping and then having their partner feed the baby at night. And that's yeah. totally cool too. So you can get some rest, but that might be something that brings it back a little bit sooner too. So, um, but again, there's, there are ways to um, kind of get it to go back away for a little bit. Yeah. So I love hearing so different that. herbal things that are totally safe um, and just work so well. And it's great. You know, I think one thing I'd just even like to mention too, I think a lot of the stuff we're talking about, the postpartum time, I, because I had some of this too, I was like freaking out when I first heard about postpartum healing and knowing I had not done it yeah. with my other two. Like part of me is almost like, I almost like wanted a third pregnancy just so I could heal during the postpartum. <laughs> I mean, but I just want women to know like, 
if you miss that window because you didn't know, Mm -hmm. like most of us didn't, just know like every month during your menstrual cycle is like a mini postpartum time where you can do all this healing stuff. You can you can and you really should if you can like rest Mm -hmm. rest 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 especially those first two days yeah Um, warm foods Mm -hmm. warm drinks no cold stuff um you know know like that you are gonna go deep inside you're very um intuitive during that side like use the benefits of your cycle and knowing I love this line I heard from somebody that every week you're gonna have a different superpower during yeah. your menstrual cycle. Absolutely. But really just like, it's okay if you miss that postpartum window. It's no big deal. Heal yourself each menstrual cycle. Do the best you can each cycle um, to nourish yourself a little bit more. Well, and I've even had people where I've done um, these, I used to do these specialized pelvic massage that's external because I'm not a PT and can't go inside, (laughs) but uh, I can do external things um, where I would work the psoas and check like where the uterus was positioned on the front. And then I would do the moxa Mm. or moxibustion on the back and do that. And I did that type of stuff with women five, 14 years postpartum, a huge range and seeing the transformation and healing that took place, even just from one session was huge too. So even just throughout your life, I love bringing in the moon Mm -hmm. time period to do that. And you can do other stuff the other times you could go receive abhyanga and yeah. let your body soak up all of that oil and really feel that warmth and nurturance and even take your mind to that place because body work the body remembers everything yes so <laughs> you know being able to use that body work session to let everything unlock and oh yeah i heal. mean I know we talked a lot when you were working with me through my um, last postpartum time, and I did so much healing of my first yeah. postpartum experience, which I didn't expect and see coming. And I, I don't even know if I really noticed it until you kind of had mentioned like how beautiful it was to have been able to go heal from my first birth experience. Um, that I like things I didn't even know I needed to heal, like. It wasn't things on the surface because right. I, it didn't feel that way. But um, it's just never too late to heal. Yeah. It really is never too late to nourish and heal. And even if you're not cycling, maybe you're a postmenopausal, maybe you've had a hysterectomy, you know, use the moon, use the cycles yeah. of the moon and use that time to nourish yourself. Or like some women just are on different types of birth control where they're not cycling and they're just feeling like, I don't know what's going on and you know, which kind of comes back into just like our need for women to like cycle. Yeah. And I think that awareness is coming back. Like we want that release. We want that experience, but you can use the moon. You can use the moon time too. You can use the full moon as your time to rest, or you could use the new moon. Yeah. And that connection. People bleed at different times. So. Right. Right. In fact, that's a whole, that's a whole nother topic because I've always been, it's called a white moon bleeder, which is a traditional thing to bleed with the new moon because mm. it's flushing everything out, starting anew. And then 
a lot of people are red moon bleeders and that's mm -hmm. the full moon. And that is a totally different, it has different symbology yes. of like being more outward yes. and all of this stuff. And then I just now recently learned about the pink and the purple. Oh. And I was just like, oh, cool. This is awesome. And maybe we'll talk about that some other time. But um, we will wrap up for now. I think that is a lot of amazing, amazing information. Rest, prepare for your postpartum, pay attention to the cycles, tune into yourself. Yeah. All of the above. And since it's still not the end of May, I want to give my class a shout out. I have a Fall in Love with You as a three-day immersion at the end of May here. And you can go to enhanceutv.com. It's the word enhance, the letter U, tv.com under the Aliveness Academy and sign up for that three-day immersion and fall madly in love with yourself because that's what the world needs. Absolutely. Crystal's immersions are so wonderful. Um, you'll really enjoy it. You should <laughs> sign up. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. We adore you. We're so glad you're here with us and enjoy your day, your month, your cycle. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.